All right, we're going to ask you to stop talking for a moment. And if you are a, if you're a kid, I'd love to have you come up. I cannot wait to share a book with you. So if you are, I guess if you're taller also, you can come up. But if you'd like to come, just sit right on the steps with me here. I'm gonna, I'd love to read you a book. There we go. Come on up. We, um, every once in a while, we all worship together, all ages um, at our church, and um, usually on fifth Sundays or special weeks like New Year's Day. We also, okay, everyone here? Can I sit kind of in the middle here? Yeah. All right, this might not work very well with the pictures. Hey, everybody. Okay, one of you waved to me. Good to see you. Good to see you, bud. All right, I have a book here I'm really excited to share with you. In fact, today we're going to look at a couple stories that are really encouraging to me, are great stories to read at the beginning of our year together. All right, so I'm going to start with this book. The pictures will also be right behind me if the pictures in this book are too small. But it's pretty big, so hopefully you can see it. Maybe a couple of us can. Is that a horse? That's cool. All right. The story today we're reading is called The Man Who Would Not Be Quiet. Do you have anyone at your house like that? Maybe it's you. If you don't know, it probably is you. All right, here we go. This is a true story that's from the Bible. All right. This guy's a really cool name. You ready? Ready? Okay, I'm just waiting for you. Bartimaeus was sad. He could not see. His eyes did not work. Hmm, you make me sad too. See him there? But he could hear. Stomp, stomp, clomp, tromp. Lots of feet. He could hear lots of feet. What do you think is happening? He's going to trip? Oh, hopefully not. A lot of feet, you could trip. Very observant, all right. And lots of voices. Jesus was coming. Jesus? Ooh, there must be a crowd with Jesus coming. He, he may not know who Jesus is because he can't see. Oh, he might not know who Jesus is? I hope he knows. I think he does. Bartimaeus opened his mouth as big and wide as he could, and he shouted very loudly, Jesus! The best king, the one God said was coming. Help me. That clears it up. It sounds like he knew who Jesus was. Exactly who Jesus was. Oh, he screamed for Jesus. Why do you think he yelled for Jesus? Yeah, and he's going to pray for his eyes so he can see. Do you think Jesus will heal his eyes? Yeah. All right, don't spoil it for everybody, bud. All right. So everyone around him then says, shh. Quiet. You're too loud. Not you, everyone said. Ooh, everyone tells him to be quiet. That's Stop yelling nice. for Jesus. That isn't very nice. Do you think he's quiet? No. no. But Bartimaeus was not quiet. He opened his mouth even wider and shouted even louder. It's a big one behind us. Look how big that mouth is. Looks like he brushes his teeth too. And stomp, stamp. Clomp, stop. Jesus stopped and called Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do, he said. I want to see, said Bartimaeus. What do you think was going to happen? 
He's going to get his chi back. Do you think Jesus can heal people's sight? Yeah. Yeah, I think no problem. You're all better, Jesus said. You believed in me, so now you can see. And suddenly, Bartimaeus could see. Bartimaeus saw something no one else could see. Who was that? The king God said was coming had come. The king God sent to make things better and not just our eyes. And that was someone worth shouting about. Isn't that a great story? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty great, huh? So, quick review. Bartimaeus, what, what problem did he have? Uh, he couldn't see. He couldn't see. And then how did that problem get solved? Jesus made his eyes feel better and, and no. be able to open so he could see. Jesus healed his eyes, right? Yeah. Pretty amazing. I have a second story about Jesus healing people. You want to hear this story? Yeah. This one I brought a video. Are you okay watching videos? You okay? How about we all, how about we all sit in the front row? Be easier to see. Can we all cram in the front row together? We got some friends here. Can we all sit in the front row? I'd love to show you the video of another story where Jesus comes and heals somebody. Okay, let's do that. There's a bonus story today. So let's all hop in the front row. Everyone get a seat. There's some down here. And our friends in the back there are going to play us a video. Stories of the Bible. Peter heals a beggar who can't walk. This is Peter, hey who was one of Jesus' disciples. Yep. Peter told people about Jesus. Peter and John went to the temple to pray. As they neared the temple, a man who couldn't walk from the time he was born was being carried in. Each day, the man was put beside the temple gate so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When the man saw Peter and John, he asked them for some money. Please help. Peter said, look at us. The man looked up at them eagerly, thinking that they would give him some money. But Peter said, I don't have any money for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Then Peter took the man by the hand and helped him up. As he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, Come on! He went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. Wait, is that? I think so. When they realized he was the man who couldn't walk who had been sitting outside the gate asking for money, they were absolutely amazed. Wow! Peter asked the people, What's so surprising about this? Why stare at us as though we made this man walk by our own power? He reminded all of the people that it was God's power who healed this man and encouraged all of them to turn from their sins and follow God with their whole hearts. Pretty sweet. All right, thanks for coming up. If you want to find your own seat, I don't know if all the families in the front row want to adopt all of you, but if you want to find your family again, you can hop back. I think most of us are kind of home now. Um, today, as we continue here, we do have, um, if you are a little bit 
shorter and you'd like a clipboard, we have clipboards with crayons and activities and things to do out right by the door, by Nate out there by the uh, door, guarding the door for us. Um, if you want one of those, uh, we are going to continue thinking about these stories as we move into our um, sermon here today. We're in a series uh, where we're talking through prayers in the Bible, and these stories are helping lead us up to a moment where there is a prayer. And I think it's really helpful for us to understand what's happening before so we understand why this prayer is what it is. Um, so first we share this story, right, of just uh, one of the simple stories, uh, a story actually that isn't maybe as, as uh, normal or common in, in the Gospels where Jesus comes and heals this man who is blind, um, and the man cries out for Jesus and people say, oh, don't keep, don't keep crying out. And he says, no, there's only really one name, right? There's only one person who's gonna heal me. That's Jesus. And then a similar story, this time not Jesus, but Jesus' spirit who is with, it is Jesus, but it's with his disciples. And so Peter and John are walking up to the temple and a, a man there asked to be healed. And they say, I have, I don't know if you caught this part. It's one of my favorite parts of this story in scripture. Uh, they say, we don't have any money for you, but we have, what we have, there's one thing we do have. And that one thing is Jesus and he heals them. I just love that, even that phrase. They don't just say, pray for him and he heals, but they say, we don't have that, but we do have something far, far greater. And so that story continues on in the book of Acts. That takes place uh, in, in Acts 3. And the end of that story where we left off here on our video uh, is right here and it's gonna lead us into this moment of prayer that we're looking at quickly here today. Uh, this is in the book of Acts. If you want, all the scripture will be up here. We're just gonna continue the story uh, here. Uh, all the scripture in the screen this is the end of that. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. So Peter and John, they say, how, how is this man healed? through the power of Jesus, just like the many other miracles in the, in the ultimate, right, miracle in Jesus' death and resurrection that brings us life is through him. Almost, almost in a way, are, are you surprised by this? Jesus heals, he brings life. And so the story continues. You'd hope from there, they would just say, oh, that's incredible. Hey, everyone gather around so these two can tell us more about this Jesus who heals. But instead, actually, uh, some people are not happy with that. I think this is threatening uh, maybe their own power, maybe their own position of like, well, we were the source. We were the ones people came to, to for these things to happen. We were, the, we were the person, the mediator between God and people. They come and say, what is going on? And so some people come and actually capture them, take them to, to question them. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees come up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They're greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They see Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Do you see what happens? This, this miracle happens. The, the man stands up. Everyone gathers around. They say, this happened in the name of Jesus. And they're proclaiming Jesus came and rose from the dead, and now we too will rise from the dead. In fact, in that right before this, they actually say, they actually say, remember how you killed Jesus, but he rose from the dead? Uh, I'm sure that didn't help their anger <laughs> towards them. And they come, these are, these are the religious leaders. 
the captain of the temple guard. These are people who uh, are at the temple, are supposed to be leading people towards God, uh, encouraging people to put their faith in the one who can heal, the one who can make people walk, who couldn't walk and see who couldn't see. And they say, how did this happen? And so they actually seize them and arrest them and they put them in jail. And in the process of that, we don't wanna miss this kind of cool fact here. 5,000 or more people come to faith because they saw the work of Jesus in this man who was healed. And in the words of Peter and John being bold enough to share who it was that actually healed. The story continues. The next day, the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest was there. And so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others, you know, of the high priest family, the whole crew. All these people were there. These leaders, these religious leaders were there. And they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? How, how did this happen? How is this man who day after day was brought here to the temple asking for money for help? How did you just walk up and heal him? Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all people of Israel is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved." See this little phrase in the middle, he, they ask and he says, well, the Holy Spirit, God's spirit now, right? Has come on his people. Uh, God creates his people. Jesus comes to rescue his people. When Jesus ascends back to heaven, he leaves the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is in these people and is working through these people. And so that spirit speaks to these leaders and says, you wanna know how he was healed? It was Jesus. Remember who you crucified. The work you did was, was to bring death, but God raised from the dead and brought life. And now he stands before you. That Jesus that you killed is the cornerstone, the one that holds it all together. Salvation is only found in him. So they continue to proclaim this good news and that they continue to say the one name, the same name we heard uh, Bartimaeus say, the same name we heard Peter and John say, the same name that 5,000 people proclaimed as the one, the only one who would bring life. Then they saw the courage. These are the leaders who were talking to John and Peter. Then they saw the courage of Peter and John and they realized they were unschooled. They were ordinary men. And they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. They ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and they conferred together. What are we gonna do with these men? They asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it. But to stop this from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. It's almost like they can't, they can't even say the name of Jesus. They can't keep saying that name of, of that one, the one, you know, we can't speak of. Notice in the beginning of this, uh, of this part of the passage here, this is something, this is a, a dream of mine my entire life. This is my mission in life. Uh, pastor John Neal, one of our pastors here, uh, our executive pastor at Hope, uh, this is like one of his favorite verses that he often encourages me with when I'm feeling like, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel just ordinary and unschooled. And 
unspecial, not special. And he says, yeah, just like Peter and John, they were just unschooled, ordinary people, but they had been with Jesus. How do you become someone who's bold, who's healing people, who stands up to these people? Well, they, they've been with Jesus. It wasn't that they had some superpower. They're ordinary people, but they'd been with Jesus and the Holy Spirit was working <coughs> in them. And so the, the religious leaders don't know what to do. They say, I can't deny it. We saw a man healed. Everybody saw the man healed. We, we don't know what to do, but we can't let this keep happening. We can't let Jesus's name and these men and these people continue to say his name because that means they're not saying our name or they're not coming to us or they no longer need us because they have this Jesus. And so they say, let's just tell them, stop saying the name. Let's let them go. People are gonna be upset if we did something to them. Let's let them go and just say, please stop saying Jesus's name. Well, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. So now we're to the prayer. We've been looking at prayers for uh, weeks now, a month, two months. And um, this, is, this is a great prayer of them. So they're just warned, please do not keep saying this. Some of this warning would have for sure had tones of like, you're gonna be in a lot of trouble. Maybe even death could come your way. We did kill this Jesus guy you talked about because of what he was saying and doing. Stop saying his name. We're gonna let you go, but stop saying his name. And so now they're gonna gather and they're gonna pray. If you could imagine what you would have prayed after this had happened, after someone had maybe warned you to not pray, the people who are in charge, the leaders, I know what my prayer would be for protection and God to watch over me. Give me water, sorry. It's this cold, dry air, huh? All right. So on their release, they went back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together. So John and Peter come back to the people, uh, <clears throat> reported back to like the, their little church or their leaders probably. And they pray this prayer. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in it. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. In Psalm two, they, why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of the Lord boldly. <coughs> you see what happened? Their prayer was not a prayer of, Lord, come and protect us. Lord, why did you bring us here? Lord, you healed that guy and everyone came to know you. And then this doesn't seem fair. Their prayer became one of a few really important things. God, you created all things. You're sovereign. You know what's happening. 
And in fact, you even knew that these people would come and kill Jesus. And you knew that because you needed that to happen so he could raise from the dead. You knew that we were sinners, broken, and we were not gonna save ourselves, that we only brought death to our lives and that you alone were gonna come and allow us to bring death to you and you would raise from the dead, therefore defeating death and bringing life to us. You knew all of that was gonna happen. And so now Lord, please consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Please give us boldness so we can keep saying that one name. The one name that brings healing, the one name that brings life. Please keep healing and performing these miracles so that more people, like the 5,000 we just saw, would continue to know you. And then I love this. God kind of confirms their prayer. It's like an amen he gives with them. The ground shakes. This happens in other parts of scripture. The Holy Spirit comes, the ground shakes. As if God were to say like, I'm, I'm with you, go. And then they go and they're able to continue to proclaim this great news. Um, part of the reason we picked this prayer for this week is because we wanted to think about the beginning of our year. There's a time of year uh, where we're thinking, What's the next year going to look like? What's a goal or a resolution or a theme or a word? What's the thing that I'm thinking, okay, what's, what's, as I go into this next year, what's it going to look like? And so I just have a few things I want to share really quickly as we uh, think about our year and that this prayer and this story and all these stories we looked at today point us to. First though, it is a time that we look at resolutions. And so I, I love looking up people's resolutions. And thankfully there's people who compile some of the best. And so there was actually some teachers who compiled some resolutions from kids. So they asked kids, hey, the next year, what's one of your resolutions? Here's some of, here's some of my faves uh, of it. One kid said, I won't give myself haircuts. Great resolution. <coughs> I'm gonna color on paper and not walls. Sounds like one that maybe mom told him. I'm gonna eat occasional vegetables. I think in the original one, it's occasional is not spelled correctly, but uh, I love that. And then eat more hot dogs was one, which is a great <laughs> resolution. So I was looking these up. So I thought, oh, I'll look up some uh, classic adult ones. And I found one that was kind of interesting. Make more money was a big one. Do less internet trolling was one. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe some of you need that one. Uh, more naps, less worry. More naps sounds like a good resolution. And then this was one on a top 10 resolutions. I won't cut my, my uh, I won't give myself haircuts. I thought that guy never grew up. He grew up and he's still giving himself haircuts. That's the crossover. That's the Venn diagram. <laughs> Nobody should be giving themselves haircuts from the guy who gives himself haircuts. Um, I, I wanted to share these just as we're thinking about resolutions. I think uh, for me, at least in this time, I would say, oh, I'm not into, into resolu resolutions. But I, I do think though, every year, this time of year, what's the next year gonna look like? And there's nothing wrong with what, what's a goal that I have or what's goals that I have had that I'm gonna continue. And often my goals become things like, how do I have more money or more success or get better or maybe just get less worse? <laughs> Uh, be less bad? How, how do I just become more comfortable or how do I rest better? How do I eliminate some of this anxiety that seems to control? How do I maybe make less goofy choices? A lot of it becomes like, what's a behavior I can do 
so that this next year will be better so that at the end of next year, I can say, okay, I did those things and it was better. And I think this prayer helps give us a few things that we get to bring into the next year that hopefully will encourage us as we move in. Things that are very true. And I think if we each day would wake up and think of these, we would be reminded of, uh, it, would, it would really change actually our, our days and our weeks. Might even change how we think about the year. So I'm just gonna look, these are just from the prayer. Three things that have, that have hit me this week as we kind of end our time here. First is that God is not surprised. We get to bring that with us into the next year and always get to bring that with us. That God is not surprised. I see that in this uh, passage here. We see it all over scripture. <clears throat> but just in their prayer, they say, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in him. In their prayer, they say, you created all this a long time ago and you're sovereign, you're, you're in control and you know what's happening and what's gonna happen. And in 2023 is not surprising you. They're, they're not saying that. They're saying, you know, 62 is not surprising every year it is. Um, but the, I think it's so helpful for us to carry knowing God is the one who created all things and knows what's coming and knows what, what did happen. And he knows exactly what's gonna happen next week and next month. And it's six weeks and he's, and he's there and he knows it. I, I think the surprise and the unknown often for me is hard. That's what brings some of my worry. That's what brings some of my control. If I can do all these things to get everything in control and I know exactly how I'll end. And, and we know from just from this part of this prayer that God is, is with us and knows that. He's not surprised by that. It's not too big for him or too powerful for him. And so as we walk into 2023, we can pray the same thing. Sovereign Lord, you, you know exactly, you created all things, you created me and all the people and all the things I'm gonna encounter, you know exactly what that is. The second thing that I carry with us, and, <clears throat> that he isn't surprised and his plan is good. This is really important for me to, to think about because I uh, might go, okay, God isn't surprised. He knows, but it's hard to go. But, uh, but all he's doing is reacting to, to crummy things that are happening around me or crummy people or evil that's around me. But we see here in their prayer, they don't just say, oh God, those people are terrible. And they arrested Peter and John and, and they killed Jesus. And thankfully you fixed those things, but Wow, can you stop those things? They say, you spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, your father. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. And their conclusion from this is indeed, yeah, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with Gentiles and the people, they conspired against your holy servant. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand could happen. But none of this was, wasn't your plan. Your plan was to rescue your people and they fell right into your plan. Right in the middle of that, Satan's going, okay, I got this guy. I'm gonna, we're gonna kill Jesus. And then all his people will scatter and they won't believe and then he won't be able to rescue them and he won't be king of kings. And I will, I will have power over people. And God says, exactly what I wanted because Jesus' death had to happen so that our deaths would no longer happen. They say, even in the worst, even in the hardest of our sufferings, 
God has a plan and he's there and he's with us and he's using that to encourage us and draw us closer and bring life out of those things. That we're gonna see plans change. We're gonna find ourselves in moments where saying this is hard, I don't understand, but we can trust that God isn't surprised and that his plans are still good. We might even see people around us doing the work of darkness, opposing God's work. God knows that and he's with us and he's using that. And look, even in this story, they just saw 5,000 people come to find faith, to find hope, to find peace and joy. And what could have been a situation that just looked dire. They said, no, we want to see more of that happen. And lastly, I think out of this prayer, I've been encouraged that not only is God not surprised and his plan is good, but all of it because Jesus is alive and he's with us. We see the same power that we see in the story of Bartimaeus, the same story of Peter and John, the man healed on the steps, the power that changed 5,000 hearts, the power that gives boldness to them, the power that makes un educated, ordinary people seem to have superpowers. The same power rests with us as we walk into 2023. The same power that enabled the disciples, the same name that died and rose on a cross so that we could have life. The name who is also resurrection and the name that is healer, the name that is savior, the name that is king of kings and prince of peace. Jesus is with us. And he's walking into that and he's all we got. He's still here and he's still very much alive. And we go into 2023 with him. And that changes everything. That same name we can call upon today and every day for the next year, years and years until he returns and make things right. I was uh, getting this ready. And yesterday I was at Aldi. We were grabbing a, uh, I was grabbing some last supplies for giant vats of soup and things today. Uh, you should come over. We have a lot, a lot of soup and things. And I was at Aldi and a guy bumped into me uh, and then handed me a little piece of paper. It was a tract. I don't know how many of you have experienced tracts or maybe in your life you've handed these out. It was a little piece of paper and asked me, do I know Jesus? So this guy was just strolling around Aldi, handing these out. People weren't very excited about him. <laughs> Uh, I kept seeing actually tracks on the ground and I was like, is someone throwing these out? I think they were throwing them after he handed them, but he handed one to me and he said, do you know, do you know Jesus? And I said, yeah. And, and sometimes when that happens, if you've ever encountered someone who gives you a tract, I mean, he's just out there trying to tell people about Jesus. You say, yeah. And they're like, yeah, right. Like they don't believe me. <laughs> I, think, I don't know what I have to say to convince you. I do know Jesus. Uh, and he's, I said, yeah, I know Jesus. And he just went, oh, that's such good news. Isn't he the best? I said, yeah, I'm like holding my stuff. I'm like, yeah, he is, the, he is the best. And he's like, I'm so happy to hear that. Oh, brother, that makes my day. And I said, well, that kind of made my day that you got that excited. And he says, yeah, he's all we got, right? He's all we got. And then he left, turned around and handed some more people tracks. And then maybe, I think they might have asked him to leave. Uh, but was bold. I, I was like, in the moment, I felt the spirit like just encourage me. I thought, you're, you're right, man. You don't even have to hand those things out. Just, just do that. That's all we got. That is all we got. And, and moving into another year, 
There's all sorts of stuff I can see ahead of me that I'm not excited about. There's some things I am excited about, but sometimes I go, how's that gonna happen? How's that gonna get healed? How's that gonna get turned around? Is there life gonna come out of that at all? It's not because I'm gonna figure out a system. It's not because I'm gonna get a a better side hustle or it's not because I'm gonna nap better. It's because of the one that we know, the one that Bartimaeus knew that the, the king God had said was coming has come. His name is Jesus and he's with us. Every single moment of the next year and the year after that and the year after that and has been with us. And the one who was raised from the dead and sits on his throne now invites us all into his power and his comfort and his peace and his joy this year. And so whatever my resolution is gonna be for the year, knowing that he's with me, knowing that, that he's the one is there. It's the same name we get to call upon that people have been calling upon for a long, long time. And the name that still is all we got, is all we got. So I wanna encourage us uh, to consider. I just got one question today. What's one thing you need Jesus for this year? It'd be a great question each day. Even ask yourself, uh, there's, a, there's a billion of them, right? Just like breath is one. But is there, is there a thing right now that what's like bubbles up to the top? You say like, how can I be praying? What's the thing? If Jesus was walking over here, if you heard the stomps and clomps of Jesus and the crowd coming, what's the thing that you'd go, Jesus, I need you to use a hot, hot, what do you need me for? What would you say? Right? We heard for sight to walk, for boldness. What's the thing that this year you would ask Jesus for? We're going to take time here now as, as we, uh, do every week. I'm going to invite the worship team up. We're going to be able to worship and respond to this good news of the gospel. Uh, We do that in a few ways. One of the ways is we take communion. So our service builds to a moment where you can walk out into the hallway here and we have, uh, I think, just one table today in the back, right in the middle. Um, We have communion. That's an opportunity to celebrate Jesus' body broken, his blood shed, and be reminded of of that act, that work that he did to give of himself so that we could have life. That resurrection power that, that does all these things. We reminded of that in communion. Uh, we also will sing together and just sing words to remind ourselves of the gospel. Praise this good God. We also have people in the back who would love to pray for you. Um, you can always respond by giving. You do that on, online. First though, because it's a kind of a unique week, that it's the beginning of our year together. And because we have uh, all different people in the room, different ages. There's something special I think we can do. And even maybe for some of our younger friends here, we can even model together. So I'm going to ask, this might be a little uncomfortable. It might be really thrilling for you. I'm going to ask you to take a moment to pray together. And so I'd love you to, maybe the people you already gathered with to answer the question of the day, or maybe you just think, maybe just our family or just a couple friends. I'd love for you to share very quickly in a word or two, what is one thing you need Jesus for this year? And I'd love for you to be able to pray for one another. So let's just take a moment. Uh, maybe our band can play a little music for a minute. And we're just going to pray together to kick our year off. Let's, let's support each other in that and encourage each other in that prayer. And then we'll sing together. Cool. All right. So.